Clayton Kershaw got a historic win. The Rays are on the verge of a historic win. And the Nationals aren't doing much winning at all. Just ask Ryan Clary of Locked On Nationals. This is Locked On MLB. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so. And this is my fifth season here with the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is indeed your team every day. Hey, just so you know, Today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, use the code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase, last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And as always, thanks so much for making us your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us at LockdownMLBPods on Twitter or on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And hey, I want to get a sense of who is listening to us every day. Not just, you know, popping in and out. Just who are the, the regulars? And and some of you uh, are came over from the old Sully Baseball show. And some of you learned who I am through the Lockdown Podcast Network. But some of you, I know you're out there listening every day. I see some of you commenting every day so i'm going to ask you to give me a uh this hashtag right here every day hashtag every day mlb if you're listening to me every day hashtag every day mlb and i want to see who's out there i just want i want to know who's listening every dang day i think it'd be fun to find that out hey um uh, and uh, just to let you know in segments two and three of today's show uh, Ryan Clary from Lockdown Nationals is going to be on the show. We'll talk a little bit about the fate of their team and the fact that they're in the middle of a very interesting rebuild. They lost a couple of kind of frustrating games to the Angels in their trip to Anaheim recently, including the game on uh, on uh, Wednesday afternoon. Uh, it was another one-run game. You know, they they held their own. It's just, it wasn't good enough to win. A um, couple of big games to talk about. And in fact, I'm going to start off today by talking about who owned baseball, because along the way, we're going to learn about some of the big events that happened during the game uh, on Wednesday. A Wander Franco collected three hits, including a two-run double to help the Rays beat the Red Sox 9-7. to Now, it was, uh, it was actually a pretty good game. Chris Sale... He looks, he looks spent. He looks, he just doesn't look like there's anything left in the tank anymore. I'm sorry. I'm a huge Chris Sale fan, but um, to quote Voltaire, uh, wow. Wow. Um, actually, that's kind of quoting Ray Flossie, isn't it? Uh, Taj Bradley, uh, he didn't own baseball, but he made his big league debut, and he pitched okay. He struck out eight batters, only walked one. He let up three runs along the way, but in the end, it was 9-7, and it's historic because – 
Tampa Bay now has begun the year with 12 straight victories. And if they win tomorrow against the Red Sox, they'll have 13 wins to start the season to match the Milwaukee Brewers of 1987. I thought I'd never see another opening like the Brewers in 87, but here we go. Um, and so Wander Franco got three hits, including a big two-run double. There were a bunch of rays I could have picked there, but I went with Wander Franco. Uh, Kevin Gosman uh, pitched very well. Uh, he struck out 11 Tigers in eight innings. He set up Toronto's 4-3 walk-off win in extra innings uh, against the Detroit Tigers. He didn't get the decision, but he did get a who owned baseball. And then we'll go to the National League. Uh, Max Muncy has become a one-man wrecking crew for the Dodgers against San Francisco. He had a game-tying home run, then got a back-breaking home run. The Dodgers took a 10-5 game from the Giants, and the other, so he owned baseball, as did the starting pitcher of that game, who was Clayton Kershaw, who wasn't vintage Kershaw. He got into trouble early, but he pitched his way out of it, gave the Dodgers six strong innings. He only allowed two earned runs. By the end, it was a fait accompli. It was a 10 to 5 final. But with that, Clayton Kershaw now has 199 career wins. Now, I, I'm not the biggest fan of the win total, certainly not as a metric of greatness. But, uh, you know, when you get to those big round numbers, even even with me sort of poo-pooing wins and losses, 200 wins would be really cool. And all Kershaw has to do is win one more game, one, get one more decision, and he'll be in the 200 club. Will he get to 300? No, probably. We may have seen our last 300-game winner. Actually, I, I hope we haven't, but... There you go. Kershaw also owned baseball. Uh, half wobs. Juan Soto, he homered and doubled, but the Padres lost to the Mets. By the way, I almost gave the wob to uh, Pete Alonso because he had a fantastic game for the Mets, but Max Muncy was just incredible. Juan Soto still hitting, and the Padres lost that tough game to the Mets 5-2. to two. Uh, Zach Wheeler was really good for the Phillies. He pitched six strong innings. He only had one run. But the Phillies bullpen lost the 3-2 game to Miami. Uh, the White Sox got another well-pitched game. They got a well-pitched game the other day from Lance Lynn, from Dylan Cease. Lucas Giolito pitched really well. But guess what? The White Sox lost. Lucas Giolito allowed one run in six innings, striking out seven, and he got the loss. That's another reason I'm not a huge fan of the win-loss record because that's considered a bad game. Uh, half Wob also gave to Rafael Devers of the Red Sox. He had a big three-run home run, pulled the Red Sox within one run, but in the end, it was the Rays' day. Uh, an interesting thing happened when you take a look at some of the standings right now. Obviously, the Rays are off to this unbelievable start, but the Yankees are starting to get stuff together. Uh, they won in the ninth inning against Class A of Cleveland, no less, and they've won seven of their last 10 games. They're eight and four. Any other metric... A 667 start for your first 12 games is really good. They're just in the same division as the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and by the way, the Blue Jays are also 8-4. and four. In other words, we're starting to see some of the teams who are supposed to be good dusting themselves off. I mentioned Los Angeles, who got off to kind of a rough start, and now they're one game out of first place. Again, it's too early to check standings, but I say one game out of first place because Arizona remains in first place. Do you really think Arizona is going to finish ahead of the Dodgers? They might. They probably won't. 
Baseball is a way of sort of evening stuff out. It's great news for the Diamondbacks, who were in first place in the middle of April. They're in first place. They got another win against the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the Astros, by the way, clobbered the Pittsburgh Pirates, and the Pirates are still, you know, they're off to a nice start, winning start after 12 games. But after all the turmoil and strife and disappointing losses and everything, and the Astros are still one game under 500, but, you know, with Texas getting absolutely throttled by Kansas City, and, you know, the Angels are there. They beat Washington, who is a minor league team. We'll talk to Ryan Clary about that later. The Astros are one and a half games out. Despite their sluggish start, they're going to be in first place within two weeks. In two weeks. Um, but mind you, the Minnesota Twins, good luck to them. Yeah, they got another good starting pitching performance. They beat an they beat a rival within the division, the White Sox. Well, the Indians, sorry. Oh, almost got through a season without saying the Guardians. I'll get used to it. I've always hated the name Indians, and then they change it. And it's it's you know, old habits die hard. But the good teams will rise to the top, and that's how it is. We are gonna see what happens on Thursday regarding Tampa Bay. Uh, they are playing a day game. So if you know, I'm gonna be checking the scores. It's a 10-10 start in the Pacific Coast. So it's a 110 start on the East Coast. Kluber, you know, the, the Red Sox are throwing all these people who were great in 2017. They threw Sale uh, on Wednesday. They're throwing Kluber. And Springs is pitching. Springs has been has not allowed an earned run. He didn't allow a hit in his first start. So Springs, who is, uh, you know, is one of the league leaders in who owned baseball, already with two he's going to try if he makes it three then we'll have 13 straight wins for the rays um and you're going to just you look around and you see uh the twins and the yankees are starting their series uh brito versus ryan it's interesting to see which one of those teams which are hot will keep going there and um the padres and the brewers two teams with images of postseason dancing in their head are going to be squaring off. We're going to see the Pirates and the Cardinals. If the Pirates want to make this more than just an interesting couple of weeks to start the season, they got to win that game and show that they mean business. All right. We are going to talk. We're going to go on a little break right now. We're going to bring in Ryan Clary from Locked On Nationals to talk a little bit about the series that just ended between the Nats and the Angels and also to sort of check up on the rebuild as the Scherzers and the Sotos have been traded away, who is there to give hope for the Nats in the future? You ever hear an offer that says, try it for free in 30 days, just enough time to try it, then you completely forget about it. In fact, over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forgot about. You could be wasting money and not even realizing it. Rocket money helps you find those forgotten subscriptions so you can stop paying for the ones that you don't use. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels all of your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Rocket Money will quickly help you find your subscriptions and any you don't want to pay for anymore, just hit cancel. Rocket Money We'll cancel it for you. It's really that easy and helps you manage all your finances in one place. And Rocket Money automatically categorizes your expenses. So you can easily track your budget 
in real time. And also get alerted if anything looks off. Over 3 million people have used Rocket Money and saving the average person up to $720 a year. That's pretty specific. So stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to Rocket Money. Rocketmoney.com slash MLB. That's rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Rocketmoney.com slash MLB. Hey, this is one of the most exciting times of the year to be a sports fan, which is why you need game time. Listen to me and listen to me well. All right. Buying tickets to your favorite events. Think about all the stuff going on right now. Major League Baseball is going on right now. you got the NBA playoffs are starting, the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's already stressful rooting for your team, but getting the tickets to your favorite events, that shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fastest and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you're going to have. Look it. You could forget planning for months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for basketball, baseball, hockey, football, concerts, whatever you want. The game time guarantee means you always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section or row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress of game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Create an account and redeem code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, folks. Nobody promised the Nationals a Rose Garden this year. Uh, they just finished a couple of, uh, well, you know, close games against the Los Angeles Angels, but it's not turned out the way they hoped. But, man, they still have those 2019 DVDs, don't they? Well, look it. If we're going to be talking Nationals, I can only talk so much. Ryan Clary of Locked On Nationals, he's the one who can do the real talking. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Sully, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. So, look it. The, the Nats held their own with the Angels in the game that was played on Wednesday. Um, it was a 3-2 game. In fact, it was tied 2-2 pretty late in the game, and this is coming off of the 2-0 loss to Otani. You know, they held their own against an Angel team that a lot of – I personally, I didn't pick the Angels to go very far this year, but, uh, but you know, Angel fans hate me for that. Uh, but the, the Nats, you know, they held their own, but in the end it was a couple in the loss column, and I wonder if this is going to be a theme for the 2023 season. Well, I'll rip that Band-Aid off for you here, Sully. I believe that will be the theme. Unfortunately, but here's the thing. The Nationals are playing some competitive baseball. As you said, the Angels are a much better team than they are, considering uh, Shohei Otani and some guy named Mike Trout, if you've ever heard of those guys. I'm unfamiliar. So, I'm unfamiliar. Unfamiliar, of course. I mean, who's, who knows those guys? So we face Shohei Otani on Tuesday night. He goes one hit through six innings. Okay, it's not just us. It's not just the Nationals. It's not the lack of talent. It's the fact that it's Shohei Otani on the bump. We knew what was coming. And then today, again, another close game. 
kind of a one that I believe slipped from our hands. I saw a lot of Nationals fans talking about this game in particular on Wednesday, talking about how Mackenzie Gore got pulled a little early. It was bases loaded, nobody out. He struck out two batters. And then you have the almighty Brett Phillips come up to the plate. He walks in a run. So a lot of people were upset that Davey Martinez did yank him after that because we were talking before the show and obviously we love Mackenzie Gore. And so that was a big hot topic for this week, especially considering that Mackenzie Gore is our guy. What was the thought process? Why, why pull Gore at that point? You know, I don't really understand it. I think Davey Martinez has kind of bounced around with this in the past. And really it's just a whole major league philosophy that when you have a young pitcher who, I guess you could say Mackenzie Gore does have injury history in the past. You don't really yeah. want to have him go too long. And his pitch count was getting up to about 90 pitches, but also you kind of want to see a young guy work through those struggles. And that's part of the development of these guys. You're going to have to throw them out there eventually, because if it's listen, we've been spoiled with pitching here in DC. Mm -hmm. Max Scherzer's not coming out of that ball game. Steven no. Strasburg in the past, not coming out of that ball game. So we've seen guys just out there on the mounds with Davey trotting out there. He will walk right back without Scherzer or Strasburg because those guys refuse to come out of the game early. So I think Mackenzie Gore does kind of have that edge to him to where he could get to that someday. But I also think right now he's still a young guy. He's getting to know everybody in D.C. that he doesn't really have that pull around town. Well, let's let's also address another elephant in the room here. And that is, he was one of the key pieces in the Juan Soto trade. 100%. So if you damage him in a game in mid-April, you're they have to justify, especially with Soto being on many people's pick to win the National League mm -hmm. MVP. And, uh, you know, when I was on, you know, talking about the trade deadline last year, and I was saying what teams should trade for Soto – I kept saying every team. I don't care if it's your number one prospect because Soto is probably the same age as your number one prospect. You know, <laughs> you're getting an MVP candidate for someone who's roughly the same age as your number one prospect. You make that trade 100 times out of 100. And so, the, you know, you take a look at when you have a player who's a massive trade chip the way that Juan Soto was last year, and you want to hold up an organization, you have seen teams in the past whiff big time in trading the way that type of player. Look at what the Orioles, what they, they've gotten piddly-poo in the Machado deal. Yep. I mean, think about how that rebuild would have been gone a lot faster if they had acquired just one part. Yeah. That is a everyday major league player. The you know way back when the Blue Jays whiffed on dealing Roy Halladay, a Hall of Fame, you know, uh, a starting pitcher. Cliff Lee kept getting traded back and forth and back and forth, and every and and he was the Johnny Appleseed of failed <laughs> prospects behind him. And so there was a tremendous the, the the management. You know, it's funny Rizzo bet everything on Strasburg mm -hmm. back in 2012. And it was a gutsy move. It paid off because Strasbourg became the World Series MVP. At that moment, all the criticism of Rizzo went away. But they can't have whiffed on Juan Soto. No. And so you can't have – I mean, you may have to treat this kid like he's in a bubble. 
And you know what? That's kind of been what this has been like. And, you know, even expanding beyond Juan Soto, looking back at that Trey Turner, Max Scherzer trade, Kiebert Ruiz and Josiah Gray have kind of been ah, babied, you could say. I guess it sounds a little tough and sounds a little kiddish, but they kind of have been. They've kind of been treated with kid gloves. And so that has been a frustrating part of this whole entire rebuilding process. But also it's like, you don't really want to throw them out there and just neglect them for a bad team. Like this is not a team that's going to be winning now. Everyone, what? Mike Rizzo, Davey, they can say what they want to say, but they all know this is not a team that is ready to win 90 games or let alone 80 games this year. I think it went the other way around, but uh, I was I was going to call you on it, but I I heard my mother in my vo in my earbuds going, "Hmm, why did Ryan say it that way, Mom? That's not <laughs> that's not what you sound like." But you were about to correct him. You're right. I mean, like, just, you know, Gray Ruiz, uh, Mackenzie Gore. I mean, this they're hoping this is the foundation of the next really good Washington team, yeah. and you're just kind of going to try to tread water a little bit. You know, it's tough to have a year like this in some ways because it really takes a fan base who, let's face it, between 2012 and the 2019 World Series, uh, they contended almost every year. They were in the playoffs, what, five or six times? Yep. And, you know, and won one of the, uh, you know, one of the strangest World Series in some ways because the home team lost all the games. Yeah, that was and, fun. <laughs> and Howie Kendrick, had, it's like, what was Howie Kendrick's biggest moment? The Grand Slam against Los Angeles, winning the National League Championship Series Most Valuable Player, or the ball that ricocheted off of the right field foul pole that suddenly made every Houston fan go, oh my God, are we going to lose this? Uh, I, I mean... I if you're asking that in a real question, it's got to be the Game 7 World Series home run. But also, as you know, you're a huge baseball fan. The I Nationals am. never got past the NLDS. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, so when he hit that Grand Slam to not only just solidify our chances of moving on to the National League Championship Series against the Cardinals, it meant so much to Nationals fans to beat the Dodgers. Because that was right. a team that beaten us before. In a game five at our place, we had all the momentum. We lost that game. Max Scherzer on the mound. We lost that game. That was something that haunted me in particular for years. And then, of course, up to that moment, Howie Kendrick, who, in fact, in that game five, everyone was already talking about, if we lose this series, it's on Howie Kendrick for not being good at all that series. Mm -hmm. Until that last half bat. The Grand well, Slam. Now we're just reminiscing. Well, look at and but I tell you when they <laughs> won when they won that World Series. I remember. I think I even tweeted out the second that uh, Brantley struck out to end the World mm -hmm. Series. I think I tweeted out at that moment. Okay, Rizzo, you're off the hook. Yep. Now let me tell you something. And Rizzo showed us that being a general manager is tough. And I found this out on my own playing ultimate pro baseball GM. Now look at those of you who've been following this show. And I know I have been know that I have been doing some form of make believe general managing of teams ever since I was a kid. And whether it's been digital diamond, pursue the pennant, uh, hardball, all these different games I've played, but the coolest game I played is ultimate pro baseball GM. And do you know what? 
if you thought you could be a general manager, this is the game that makes you, well, you have to put your money where your mouth is. Every strategy of the game, whatever it is, playing through the season, leading the franchise to glory, or as the case of my team, which are the Honolulu Waves, trying to get to 500. It's a simulation. You're responsible for hiring the right coaches, which I haven't. Managing the team's finances was looking bad. Uh, I have had to scout and draft players. It hasn't been great. Managed through difficult personalities. They're real divas on the Honolulu Waves. All this in a challenging and realistic game world. Ultimate Baseball GM is completely free and playable offline. Play on the go. Play as you want. Play wherever you want. In the middle of a Zoom meeting, go play it. Locked on MLB listeners. And I've worked out a deal for locked on national listeners, too. You get a 100% free boost to your franchise when using the promo code Locked On at the game store. So make sure to check it out. To download the game, just visit probaseballgm.com, scan the code, or look it up at the app stores. That's probaseballgm.com. Ultimate Baseball GM, start your dynasty today. I'm going to pause here. Make sure the earbuds stop falling out. All right. All right, last segment here with Ryan Clary of Locked On Nationals. Uh, <laughs> we could always go on deep dives of the near misses. The I still think the the game against St. Lou when they were twice one strike away from winning. Um, I was at that game. Oh God, you yeah. know that was. Uh, you know, I, I, I this is an interesting philosophical question. Because the 2000s had a team that constantly was in the playoffs and won the World Series the first time they tried it, which were the Angels. And so they did have some heartbreaking losses throughout the way, but it was always comforted by the fact that they had that uh, unexpected championship in 2002. The Nationals were the anti-Angels, where they had all the frustration and then it culminated in a unbelievable World Series victory, of which you got the sense that the window was closing. They had to win it. Because if they didn't win it then, then they would have been like, you know, the the Texas Rangers of the 1990s, like making the playoffs a bunch, but no one remembers it because they never advanced. (laughs) And there were so many times, whether it was the 18-inning loss to San Francisco or Matt Williams forgetting how to manage or what's-his-face getting picked off at first, or Clayton Kershaw coming out of the bullpen, or yeah. Bryce Harper striking out. All these things were culminating, going, yeah, 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 mixed with the fact that the Washington, in the history of Washington baseball was so cursed that they literally made a musical about a Washington team winning the pennant, and it involved a deal with the devil <laughs> in damn Yankees. And... They were st- they were waiting for the same championship that you were. You know, we're going, <laughs> yeah. the twenty four title was the only one. Um, you know, and, and by the way, I'm I'm almost as fascinated with the twenty five, uh, the nineteen twenty five game seven. Which if you ever do your research on that, with the Nats, with the the Senators that had is- the lead in the eighth inning with Walter Johnson on the mound in a monsoon, and the Pirates rallied, and and one of my favorite figures in baseball history is a guy named Red Oldham, who was this super obscure minor leaguer who was playing in outlaw leagues and was because the pirates tried an opener in that series. They he pitched the first one to get you to deal with the platoons pirates just tried out all their pitchers 
they took the lead against Walter Johnson, and there was only one guy left. It was this guy, Red Oldham, who had not pitched at all in the World Series to face three future Hall of Famers in the ninth inning of Game 7 of the World Series, and he got them all out. <laughs> and then and the next year, he played a handful of games and was back in the minor leagues and was never seen again. He is like this phantom figure in baseball history who just sort of came in, I'm going to get three future Hall of Famers out, and you know won the World Series for the Pirates beating Washington. And Washington didn't win another World Series until Howie Kendrick ricocheted a ball off of the foul pole. I know. And that side note here. So like, this is why I love coming on locked on MLB. all the history knowledge. I love it. I love all that stuff, but yeah, you notice I did that from memory. That was the exactly. And that's because it's funny. You, you did this, you did some of this, the last show you just, so that's why I was like, okay, wow. Like Sully knows his history of baseball here to where the point, I don't really know that at that point, to be honest with you. But again, the Howie Kendrick home run in the world series. I mean, that was just, all the stress was just lifted off our shoulders here in Washington, D.C., and Mike Rizzo in particular, because who knows what would happen if we lose that World Series? Like, is Mike Rizzo still praised the way that he is in D.C.? No, no way, no yeah. way. The, and, and you know what? This is actually something, Sully, that I, I do want to ask you, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I think a lot of Nationals fans here in D.C. are a little frustrated with Mike Rizzo, in particular with the drafting. I mm -hmm. look at it as, well, this is also the guy that put together that entire farm system. He made all the free agency signings in that 2010s run to where you're drafting Bryce Harper, obviously a slam dunk. Steven Strasburg, a slam dunk number one pick. You got Anthony Rendon. You trade for Trey Turner. All the other guys. Do you mm -hmm. believe that Mike Rizzo is kind of like considered a still top of the game executive in baseball? Like, Do you can still consider him of that nature? Okay, here's here's my complicated answer. Okay, I'm here for it. I think what he did, in and, and I'm going to throw a little credit to Ted Lerner here as well, mm -hmm. that the uh, the culture of Washington baseball was so awful that if we're discussing only they only won one World Series title, you know, yeah, I mean, so that's oh only one. They only were in the playoffs almost every year. Was that the bar that Washington? had for decades even before when they were the senators so uh you know turning the the culture around but i think we are seeing after the the scherzer trey turner trade after the juan soto trade you're seeing what could be rizzo's next legacy mm -hmm. because if from the ashes of the fire sale uh, and I'm not going to call it a fire sale because they weren't just dumping players. They were trying to get quality back. And I think there's a big difference between just trading players for nothing. I think what Cincinnati did a few years ago, that was a dumping. I don't think this was a dumping for the Nats. They were like, we're not going to win this year. And so we had these valuable trade chips. So does Mackenzie Gore turn into something? And if you look at like, you know, uh, you know, Elijah Green or Cade Cavalli or Brady House, if any of these other prospects emerge and suddenly, like a phoenix, there's a new in, in a couple. If if by 2025 or 2026 the Nats are contending with the pieces that were acquired from Scherzer and Turner 
and Soto and that some of the, the draft picks that they got in that same time, if they can even become a fringe wildcard contender at that point, then you have to really say, okay, Mike, you did it. If he can do it a second time, then... Well, like, that's what I mean, yeah. Exactly. Like, if he does it a second time, then I think... And, and honestly, if you were to ask me just right now, this second, I say that Mike Rizzo is still one of the game's top executives, even though I do believe that in the past, first-round picks have not been his friends, unless he's picking in the top 10. But also, that's that's baseball. It's tough yeah. to pick in the draft. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, every, you know, it's the, there are lots of teams will whiff. They go with 24 teams had a chance to pick Mike Trout. No one did. We no passed. Did. They you know, all we picked Drew Storen over him. There you go. The guy who blew that 2012 uh, NLDS. Could you have had uh, Trout and Harper in the outfield together? We could have. That, that would have been. And also, there's a story out there to where we we actually had Acuna at the Ronald Acuna Jr. at the signing table, and uh, he backed out for the Braves. A little more money. Imagine that outfield. Well, you know, you could still sign the old man. You got Ronald Acuna <laughs> Sr. He's still there. Yeah. Well, look at, hey, uh, Ryan, thanks for hopping on the show. I know this may not be the 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 year that uh, Nats fans are going to love, but let me tell you something. If you're a Nats fan, do this. Go to a Nationals game. Get your ticket, however it is, if you still have a paper stub. Write down the lineup. Memorize the lineup. Memorize it. This is the key. Mm-hmm. And then in two or three years, the Nats are good again. And then the bandwagon fans start showing up. You can say, hey, I was there in 2023 when the lineup was, and you run down, down the line. And then at that <laughs> point, you – and just memorize those nine names. Oh, yeah. So if you, that gives you currency that you were there during the rough times because things will pick up again. And I believe they will because do you know what? Rizzo built the team once before, and I think he's going to do it again. So, I by the way, I wanted, I wanted to say thanks for making – Locked on MLB, your first listen. And by the way, if you're an everyday listener, send us at hashtag everyday MLB. So I know you're listening to us every single day. Put that on the Twitterverse, hashtag everyday MLB. If you're an everyday listener, I want to know who you are out there. I'll mention you. And if you want me to you know, read out a tweet or something, let me know that too. If you're a second listen, obviously make that locked on nationals. Third listen, check out Lockdown Fantasy Baseball. Win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Lockdown Fantasy Baseball wherever you had your podcast and on YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And speaking of your team every day, if your team is the Washington Nationals, you should be listening to Lockdown Nationals. Ryan Clary, where can people listen to your show? Uh, they can find us over on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts at Locked On Nationals. You can find us over on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. And you can find myself on Twitter at Ryan Clary 11. And again, Sully, thank you for having me on. Oh, absolutely. And you can follow this show at Locked On MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. And be sure to subscribe to us on youtube as we're trying we're getting closer and closer to one billion subscriptions we're several hundred million short but still we're gonna get there we will get there well it's a rebuilding year but not a rebuilding podcast with ryan clary i am paul francis sullivan the host of the locked on mlb podcast please call me sully